0: Hi, I'm Shayna Naomi Crockmall, and welcome to a special bonus episode of EW's Binge with Schitt's Creek. I'm here with Annie Murphy, who plays Alexis Rose, and we are going to talk with her about her favorite episodes, what she would go back and, mid-binge, still be excited about from the first five seasons of Schitt's Creek. Yes. So, starting kind of like a little bit of the way through, um, unless there's anything you want to say about sort of the beginning of your character and and where we first, like the beginnings of Alexis. The beginnings
1: of Alexis. Um, well, when I got the, the very beginning, when I got the actual email with the audition and everything and the breakdown of the character and the couple of sides for the audition, um, you know, she was described as this, Blonde, socialite, party girl, kind of, you know, a bit bratty. And on paper, she was a real handful. Um, and off paper is a real handful, too, let's be honest. But I, it was really important to me to kind of think of her as a human being. with And, you know, as a human being, there's always so much more going on than what you're Presenting, And there's so many layers to the personality and um, she, you know, I didn't want her to just be that kind of stereotypical blonde party girl.
0: All right. So episode season three, episode two, the thruple episode. But what's I think especially great for Alexis in that episode is... You have lunch with your mother, Moira, the amazing Catherine O'Hara. And it is is so painful (laughs) for everyone involved. So, how are working at the animal hospital? How is
1: working at the animal hospital? Fine. That's marvelous. And? Uh, your daily exercise, routine. What are you looking at? It's... Oh, it's a napkin. Let me see this. You had to prepare questions? I wouldn't categorize them as questions, exactly. What's your favorite color? Black. That's one of the questions. It's right after, how is your job at the animal hospital?
0: Is it a crime, Alexis, that I had so many queries for you that I wrote them down in anticipation of forgetting them?
1: That scene actually is still one of my very favorite scenes that I shot because it still was pretty early on in the show and um Catherine and I I don't know if Catherine and I had had very many scenes at all just the two of us before this and I remember sitting down to shoot the scene and I just kept being like holy shit holy shit holy shit I'm about I'm doing a scene with Catherine O'Hara I'm doing like I was fangirling throughout the scene. um, And then was like, you need to to get it together. You need to get it together. You need to be a good acting partner. And you've known her for three years. Just please calm down. Um, But it was so, she's so much fun to work with. And she just, like it's a schooling every single day. Uh, She does a scene flawlessly start to finish and then does it again completely differently but flawlessly start to finish. Um, And that scene was so much fun because both of these women are so deeply uncomfortable around each other, but both of them, first of all, are pretending that that everything's completely normal and everything's fine and they do this all the time and why wouldn't this be just a walk in the park? Um, But
0: also have made lists of topics to talk to each other about. Right,
1: right, they needed, Moira needed like a little- Like a cheat sheet. Like a a cheat sheet um, to talk to Alexis about, and and, uh, what did she say? What are, what did she say? She says like, what are your favorite things about? And then checks it again. But the grammar's all wrong. Anyway, I'm messing it up. It's way better than what I just said. But um, yeah, they have this very, very uncomfortable lunch together, but both of them are so willing it to go well because they think they both really, truly do want to be a much better mother and daughter. I think they're both like kind of secretly longing for a a stronger relationship, but they just don't know how to get there because they've never had the opportunity.
0: Okay, 307, general yeah. store, is when Alexis decides to go back to school.
1: Oh, oh, mm, yeah.
0: Poor, th- high school, <laughs> poor high thing. school. Yeah, we have right. to specify, to to clarify, not just go back school. to school, go
1: back to high school to finish high school and get her high school diploma. Um, yeah, I did a dance class a little while ago, like personally speaking, as a 20, 20- no, I'm not 20, I'm 32, as a 32 year old woman and was like really nervous and I didn't, I was so proud of myself and I actually thought like, imagine going back to actual high school as a 30 year old woman and being able to make it through, like high school, that would be my worst nightmare at this, at this point in time.
0: So here's the thing about Marie Antoinette, Even though I love to eat cake, I think I'd be pretty annoyed with her myself. I do see your hand up, Alexis, it's just that you probably haven't had a chance to catch up. Okay,
1: it's just that she never actually said, let them eat cake. Um, well that depends on who you ask. Mm, Well, I asked Kirsten Dunst, who played her in the movie. (laughs) Um, That line was actually written years before Marie Antoinette allegedly said it. And um, Kirsten also told me at the premiere that she was jealous of my bangs.
0: Thank you for that contribution to the discussion.
1: But Alexis like crushes it. She
0: cr- because she's so crushes confident it. in a way that I think that like, Poor can't compete. Thing
1: that confidence is the only thing that's getting her through because her talents, but it's that it's that like really bold, of course, like of course, of course I'm gonna do high school and of course I'm gonna do it properly and, and, and like have a thousand friends and look amazing while I do it. And uh, if only I had an ounce of that confidence um but yeah so she (laughs) without really batting an eye decides to go back to high school and um rolls up in some like outlandish striped two-piece ensemble and the rolly suitcase
0: but also gets dropped off by her family
1: yeah yeah in like a in like their you know secondhand black lincoln town car (laughs) um and of course tries to rule the school right out of the gates and does all this name dropping and none of the kids are at all interested in what she has to say. And um, I think this is very new for Alexis, not being like Queen Bee right out of the gates. And um, she gets quite flustered for a little bit. I think there's, there's some whispering going on, if I recall. There's some note passing. Um, and she really gets thrown by that. And I remember actually shooting, <laughs> shooting that scene, um, cause usually it's just like four of us acting or six of us acting and it's, we all know each other. And But this was like, I was actually shooting in front of a huge classroom of teenagers and they are so intimidating. It was, I was actually feeling like that wasn't all acting, me, Annie Murphy, my heart was beating, like the sound people came over and they were like, are you okay? (laughs) I was like, no, I'm very (laughs) nervous right now. So I was, it was truly like an intimidating situation. Um, And yeah, so then Alexis finds out that these girls are actually just talking about how um, cute her dresses,
0: I think. How cool she <laughs> is, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're not gossiping about, they're gossiping about you, but in all the ways that All access would have wanted.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then it turned out to be like a you-can-sit-with-us situation, which um, is important. And
0: And we also, in that run of episodes, get to see... Alexis and Johnny like have a different kind of relationship, so it's like your dad is like trying to rewrite your papers and is like, doing a terrible job of it and yeah. getting you accused of plagiarism. Dad, what did you do to my paper? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything with your paper. Your laptop was open. I did a little editing, nothing major. I have been accused of plagiarism.
1: What? Yeah, Jocelyn thought I cheated because Someone used words like duplexity and back-towards. Untoward. Whatever. And now I have to do the whole thing again when my original paper was totally fine.
0: Well, it wasn't totally fine, honey. There was questionable grammar and a few spelling mistakes, and I mean... Dad! All right, I'll back off. Thank you. Just out of curiosity, did she happen to say anything about that quote from Lee Iacocca? Do you feel like Eugene would tell you how to write a paper?
1: Uh, yeah, Eugene, Eugene and Johnny have a lot of, uh, a lot of similarities between them. It, I think it was the, the then and then that he's nitpicking about, um, but working with Eugene, it's like, he's, a, he's my dad. He's my dad. He's everyone's dad. And, uh, it always feels like very natural with him and relaxed and, um, but yeah, I love those scenes between like any any uh, kind of matchup of any family member, um, and especially like with Johnny or with uh, with David, just being able to like kind of get under each other's skin a little bit and having that back and forth. It's always so much fun to play. I'm gonna miss it.
0: Okay, season four. Yeah, Alexis and Ted have broken up and there's like so much tension between them. There's like a whole storyline in there and it culminates in Singles Week, Mm -hmm. four twelve. Yes. And And there's a big dramatic speech. Like Ted, you know, this is also professionally a highlight for Alexis because she has organized this Singles Week and managed to keep Moira from totally stealing it from her mostly. And and then there's this great moment at the end when Ted shows up and, and makes his grand declaration I'm Ted. I'm newly single, and I'd be kidding myself if I told you that I haven't wanted to do this every single day for the last two years. Do what? Let's talk about that episode. What do you remember about it? That episode
1: was another <laughs> was another doozy. I've only had like a few real moments where I was like, I don't know if I can do this, um, but and I guess it's in when we have a lot of extras and I get all flustered but um doing the lock and key speech before Ted shows up and and Alexis is is you know trying to get the whole thing underway and Moira hasn't showed up yet and she's all kind of stressed and um goes into this monologue about um you know locks and keys and finding each other, and sometimes you think this key is gonna fit this lock, and um, basically like talking about her and Ted. As soon as you find the right key, everything's just supposed to work out, right? But life is more complicated than that. Now, I used to think that my one special lock needed to be like super aggressive and come from a long line of Adriatic royalty, or have a beard and be really into the woods. Then I realized that sometimes a special little lock can come along that you didn't think would fit because it didn't look or act like the lock you thought you needed. So instead of actually giving it a real chance, you throw it away because it was too nice and it likes you too much and cared. And now that lock has found another key. And you are so happy for it. You just need to accept that and find a new lock. It's a very sweet monologue, but this old bag, I don't know how they like cobbled it together because I had such a hard time getting through that monologue for some reason. And it was just like, I would get 75% of the way there and forget my line. Or like, I'd start, I'd get like uh, an eighth of the way there and then forget all my lines or just start saying the complete wrong thing and then riffing and then Dan would be like, please, no, 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 please stop this. So like, I don't know, I don't think I, did one proper pass at it to be honest i think it was just like the magic of
0: how many takes think... do you think you did
1: oh i remember we did we <laughs> they had allotted like i don't know three hours to do the scene and I, and we were gonna we're supposed to do the scene before lunch and lunch came around and dan was like all right so we'll just uh pick this up after lunch then and we did, we did lunch and then we did like another hour of shooting i probably did like 20 takes or something very embarrassing and
0: it's Um, long to start off (laughs) like it's not (laughs) a short
1: speech no it's not a short speech um but that's no excuse it's my job to uh be able to do that um anyway it, it turned out thanks to the editors and that was great but then the scene with um Dustin when like when Ted comes in and it's my first true like like wonderful rom-com moment that big uh triumphant finally kiss that was so much fun to do and i think uh you know like all the all the applause and like everyone witnessing this whole kind of proclamation of of love after a season of just like will they won't they and a lot of the, the scene at um, Heather Warner's farm where Alexis has to watch Ted and Heather together. And it was just like such a triumphant, wonderful payoff. And I had, I had such a fun time shooting that with Dustin. Although Dustin, <laughs> Dustin and I are about the same height without my four inch heels on. So Dustin's always like, we're trying to figure out ways to look like I'm not four inch towering over Dustin. Um, so, so Dustin's always kind of making fun of himself for like giraffing to get up to me. And I'm always kind of like cracking my vertebrae down to get to him, to make it look like we're the same height. Anyway, so we had, uh, we had a bit of a time with that, but he told <laughs> us
0: about that, it feels super awkward yeah. in his, in his kissing poses because of that. Yeah.
1: All yes. of the still photos, we both look just, it's not like a hot like kiss it's just both of us just trying to cram our bodies around to to fit each other properly but we, we made it work so. <laughs> all
0: right let's talk about the hospice mostly which is not at all the part of the episode that we remember which is your dramatic audition dramatic comedic Dramatic. <laughs> you, <laughs> you tell, tell me I don't both. know it, I both don't both dramatic and comedic you audition for your mother's <laughs> Show yes, that she's for producing a cabaret. cabaret. But she still, of course, is going to make you audition. Yeah. Though she looks a little surprised when you showed up, and even more surprised when you break into possibly the best pop song shoved into a TV show <laughs> in Thanks. recent times. Are you ready?
1: Let's do it. I'm a Lamborghini. I'm a Hollywood star. I'm a little bit tipsy when I drive my car, I'm expensive sushi, I'm a cute, huge yacht, I'm a little bit single, even when I'm not. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit of la 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 la. A little bit Alexis. La 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 la. Oh, a little wow. bit Alexis. okay, yes. yes. La, la, la. wonderful. Okay, yeah, um, I still actually had a few more verses. And in the last verse, I really get to showcase
0: my range. A little <laughs> bit Alexis, tell us everything.
1: Um, well, so when we did the table read for the episode and I saw Alexis, you know, d- sings a pop song from her um limited critically reviewed series A Little Bit of Lexus. I went to Dan and I was like, please can I take a shot at writing this? And he was like, yeah, okay, go like, yeah, go on and like write a thing. And so I went away and I worked with uh, my my like dear dear buds who are musicians and uh, like have a studio and everything. And I wrote most of the lyrics and then they kind of like came in with the, we listened to a lot of Britney, Britney Spears and we listened to a lot of Paris Hilton, like stars are blind kind of thing. Um, and secretly we all, like as much of a kind of spoofy parody, light funny comedy thing it was, all of us secretly deep down, really wanted to make a banger. Like, we really wanted to make a song that people would put on for real. Um, And it was so much fun. Like, it was, yeah, it was such a blast writing. And then I sent it to Dan, and...
0: Did you, when you sent it to him, were you like, we nailed it, we have a banger, he's gonna love it? Or were you nervous? I, I was, I was
1: like, I just, I just hope he's... As into this as I am, because it like as soon as we finished it, it was just perpetually in my head, which is a good sign, but it also makes you want to just kind of drive off a bridge so i I was hoping he would get <laughs> that same that same uh, the, the same impact would hit him uh, and it did he just wrote back i 'm obsessed, and that is high praise from Dan
0: ultimate compliment
1: ultimate compliment uh, so. We kind of like beefed it up a whole lot more and put some, some I'm gonna sound like such an old lady, put some hooks in and some, some drops uh, and just kind of made it as like clubby and poppy as, as possible. And then...
0: And then you come in to actually do the scene and there's you, choreography. There's choreography.
1: And I know it may look like Beyonce's choreographer had a hand in it, but that was all me. Uh, I was like alone, alone in my trailer, dancing in front of the mirror. And at one point, like to my, like I had it on my iPhone. So this tinny, shitty version of a little bit of Lexus was, and I was like looking at myself in the mirror doing like ridiculous dance moves. And then I just kind of realized like, this is my job, like this is what I'm doing for my job right now. And I had a good old laugh at myself. Um, and felt very fortunate. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did that, that intense, very complex and uh, detailed choreography and I brought it in and I hadn't really shown anybody. Like I, I was just hope, I kept my fingers crossed that it would be sufficient. <laughs> uh, and then I went in and did a, like we did our rehearsal and all the crew was there and I started it and just the whole room, responded very positively, so I was like, okay, good. Uh, and th- but then doing it was really difficult because Jen and Catherine were having a hard time keeping it together, and I was having a hard time keeping it together, and it would just, uh, but it was so much fun to shoot. And just, again, with the confidence of Alexis, this poor, sweet thing who has zero talent when it comes to singing or dancing, but is performing like Beyonce. And um, yeah, I just had like such a fun time doing that. And then the song, and then we released the song with the episode on iTunes and Spotify and people are actually listening to it as we had hoped and dreamed. People are
0: going and requesting it at clubs. Yes. Like it's
1: actually happening. Yes, people are, like I'm getting uh, tweets of videos from like clubs in San Francisco and like Brooklyn of people actually, like rocking out as hard as they possibly can to a little bit of Alexis, and...
0: You did it, you made My finger. dream,
1: I can die happy, I really can.
0: Okay, the end of season five, in addition to eventually getting to perform in the chorus of <laughs> yes, Cabaret. Yes. She,
1: oh yeah, we, she did not get the part. She did not Needless get the part. Needless to say, she did she not. She didn't even
0: make it through the whole song. <laughs> no. Wait, oh, going back, yeah. what is your favorite line, from a, your favorite lyric from a little bit of Alexis?
1: Um, Everybody's Got a Horse, I think is Mine
0: too. One, one of my favorites. <laughs> it's so, just absolutely, of course they do. And then also
1: paired with the sexy ney, uh, Everybody's
0: Got a Horse, nay. If only Alexis still had a horse. I don't. Um, okay, so we get to the end of the season. Uh, Ted and Alexis are together, but he's going to go to the Galapagos. There's there's all of this question of, like, will Alexis go with him? What will that be? And ultimately, in 513, the hike, Alexis decides, yes, she's going to go to the Galapagos. But in the middle of this has this series of conversations with Ted, where it's clear that Alexis is still, while having made a huge amount of progress as a person baffled by basic human interaction, like the concept of missing someone. Yeah. She keeps trying to articulate and and Tad keeps being like, that's called missing. A <laughs>
1: yeah. You do too much for me. And so I think it's time that I give something back to you. My Fitbit? No, I lost that. But the last thing I want to do is stand between you and this job. You've worked so hard and I'm so proud of you. And so yes? Ted Mullins, I will go to the Cayman Islands with you.
0: Do you mean the Galapagos?
1: Yeah, wherever the turtles are.
0: Are you sure, sure? No, but yes. Let's talk about that episode and sort of that decision um, and where that leaves her.
1: Yeah, I think that is a big episode for Alexis and, and Ted and Alexis because... And Twyla is such a crucial part of making Alexis realize um, kind of the sacrifices that Ted has made to be with her or is willing to make to be with her. And Twyla is always, you know, the voice of so much reason. She's, the, she's you know, such a beautiful, wise, old soul trapped in the body of this bizarre, sweet, wonderful and her creatures. mother's
0: series of terrible ex-boyfriends. Oh you my god. So much the, about the that's world. what we need a
1: spinoff of is just Twyla. Just Twyla. Twyla. Um, yeah, so Alexis is, you know, uh, finds out about the, the uh, program that Ted's involved in and realizes that it's six months in the Galapagos, uh, but Ted's already kind of turned it down so he can stay and be with Alexis and uh, then, you know, Alexis thinks about it and then comes back and says, you know, whatever it is, they, 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 she's on the fence about going and Twilight pipes up and, and like is just so wise and uh, suggests that maybe a relationship works two ways and that maybe it's time for Alexis to make a sacrifice for Ted. Um, and she decides that she's going to, even though I don't think it's entirely dawned on her that it, I don't think Alexis ever fully understands like what the Galapagos is like, she's where it's definitely located. definitely it's
0: like a holiday. She's like a still very vacation. much, yeah,
1: very much picturing like a tropical island somewhere, f- like all expenses paid kind of situation.
0: Oh, we got lots of stuff. Um- biodegradable shampoo, and malaria pills. Excuse me? Uh, no, they're just preventative. We'll also be bringing insect repellent.
1: Maybe we can just get one of those sexy little mosquito nuts for around our
0: bed. Those are actually an insane safety hazard. If they catch fire, you're basically trapped in a burning cage, so, but totally. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Why don't we go grab some breakfast, and I will tell you more about our bed there, and what we'll be doing in it.
1: Theodore, look at this romantic getaway you planned.
0: It's gonna be the best. We just gotta make a quick pit stop at the doctor's to get some vaccines and then we'll grab a bite.
1: Okay, part of me is wondering if we even need those vaccines.
0: No, it's just a quick needle, Alexis. Think of it like uh, getting Botox.
1: Ew, Ted, what am I, 32? But nonetheless, she makes the very selfless decision to, uh, to join Ted on this trip, and then, you know, starts imagining what that's gonna be like to be away from her family for six months. And even though I'm sure she's been away from her family for far longer than that in the past, um, this is the first time that she's actually going to miss them. And yeah, listening to her, I love that scene where she's like, okay, but I'm gonna like be there, but I'm gonna be thinking about them here. And Ted's like, yeah, that's, that's what missing someone is. And Alexis is like, No, but you don't understand. Like, I will be physically not here, and they will be physically here, and it's just gonna feel really weird to me. And Ted's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Imagine only experiencing missing someone at the age of 30.
0: For- but I feel like for all, like all of the characters you see grow so much over those five years, but maybe none more than Alexis, and so crystallized in that moment where she's like attempting to articulate it. Like, the rest of them sort of fumble their way towards being like, Better, fuller people, and Alexis is just still trying to explain, wrap her yeah.
1: sweet brain around it. Yeah, yeah. No, She's she come has. So far. She has come so far, and it sounds so so friggin' corny to be like, I'm proud of her, but I'm I am proud of her, and I am so grateful to the writers for um for letting her grow that much and change so much. Um, Because as I said, kind of at the outset, she didn't have to be as um, dimensional as she turned out to be. And I I do agree that she's the one that kind of grows and changes the most. And uh, because so much of uh, of who Alexis was, was situational. Like she was spoiled and bratty and self-absorbed and frivolous because that's who and what she was surrounded by but given the opportunity to remove herself um, from all of those things and all, you know, that environment, we really do get to see the actual Alexis who is kind and thoughtful and generous and good. Like there's, a, there's so much good in her that just kind of needed to be um, chipped, you know, like unearthed mm-hmm. and, and grow, so yeah.
0: Okay i have a bonus bonus question for you okay we've gone through your favorite episodes or some of your favorite episodes from the first five seasons you want to go back and binge all those five seasons or just those specific episodes (laughs) for an alexis only quick binge yep but i want to talk to you about there are there are many different fan theories about schitt's creek even though i feel like it's such a straightforward show it doesn't need to have like an elaborate Series of circumstances around it. Yeah. But my favorite, I think, truly my favorite that I've seen was on Twitter a number of people who are convinced that because of Alexis's long history and string of all of these like wild stories that she'll just allude to, like that one time that Sultan, that one time you had to rescue me, that one time right. that actually Alexis is a spy and this is her cover story. I have lots of skills that you don't have. I am sure that you do. Like, have you ever had to
1: negotiate in Arabic? It is very difficult. I believe you. And try getting into Kiss Kiss in Tokyo without a lock of human hair.
0: Now, you see, if you can do all that, I'm pretty sure that you can learn to ride a bike. Alexis. Alright.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking about this crazy night at Kiss Kiss. Okay, so I found out about this, I just saw this theory on, on Twitter or whatever it was, and I was like, I need to go back and reshoot everything because this is such a good conspiracy theory that it can't be wrong. Like it's it makes so much sense to me and I'm mad that I didn't think about it myself and just have that as like a little thing, like a little cool, um, interesting actor tool to use. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about that at all, and now I'm just so deeply full of regret that
0: uh, that's not the act. Of I that, didn't sorry. have that
1: like impetus throughout all of these seasons,
0: but um, I think Would Alexis great. have been a
1: good spy. I think Alexis would be, and still could be, an exceptional spy. She's up for anything. She's, um, you know, you would never suspect such a person to be able to pull off such um, elaborate feats. She Uh, does a
0: pretty good job in the episode where she pretends to be David's lawyer to help him at the dress barn. Yes. From a legal standpoint, there are lots
1: of costs to consider. Mm -hmm. There are the signs and the business cards. I just mentioned those. Objection sustained. There is the travel. There are the meals. There is the shipping and the catering. Which is very similar to the meals and not necessarily relevant, so. Well, the $10,000 doesn't even cover our legal fees. So she can act in that capacity, which is interesting. Like, if, she's, if she needs to support someone or if she's in a bind, I feel like she can really, like, put on a character. When she's auditioning for a play, not at all. But, like, when it really matters, she can pull it together. Um, you know, I think she has, a, like, a whole lot of skills that we don't really know about and just co- come in handy from time to time. Um, like escaping from, I think there's a scene where she escapes from like uh, uh, duct tape like in a hostage, ho- hostage situation. Um, accents. Accents, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think that, that, that she would really excel and perhaps that could be a spin-off or whatever if you wanted to give me a job, Dan, more work would be great.
0: Alexis, a little bit Alexis of a a spy. A
1: little bit spy-lexis.
0: (laughs) Spy-lexis. I love it. All right, thank you so much, Annie, for joining us for EW's Binge. Um, You can listen to us talk with Dan about all five seasons and also with Dustin about his favorites. Um, so a little bit Alexis, a little bit Ted, and then lots of David. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as Story be. of my life. <laughs> Story of all of our lives. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. This is Shayna again. And Patrick Gomez, your binge hosts. Uh, we want to
1: make sure you know about our next Schitt's Creek podcast, EW On Set, coming in
0: January. After every new episode of the sixth and, and very, very sadly, final season, airs on Tuesday nights, whether you're watching in Canada on the CBC or in on pop TV here in the States, Wednesday mornings, bright and early, we will have a very special treat for you.
1: Yes, we went on set, on, on location, actually, uh, as the Schitt's Creek cast got to shoot these really emotional final scenes.
0: We set up these little pop-up podcast studios, and talk to Dan Levy and Katherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy and Annie Murphy and Noah Reed and Emily Hampshire and Dustin Milligan. Take a breath. <laughs> I know, so many.
1: Uh, so many and so every week you'll hear directly from them about the new season and all the feelings and emotions that they have about the Rose family and Stevie. Uh, we'll get into the David and Patrick of it all and the Ted and Alexis. It's a lot, it's a lot you guys and we are gonna be here to talk it through with you exclusively
0: through EW. People cry. And not just us. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Be sure you're subscribed to our binge feed to be the first to get to hear a tease from the new podcast. Uh, And be sure to keep track of us at EW.com and on Twitter at EW for all your Schitt's Creek news.
1: Y'all, it gets real, real. Real, real. Can't wait to share with you guys. Real great. Yeah. Join us. Mm.